0: What's your favorite way to learn? I like graphic novels because I can see who's talking. My grandma reads the newspaper to me. I like movies on TV. I play learning games on my dad's tablet. I like reading plain old regular books with lots of detail.
1: This is Worlds Awaiting, helping children read, write, see, speak, think, and listen. Here's our
2: host, Rachel Wada. When I discuss the elements of literature with my college students, one of the things we spend a lot of time on is characters, I tell them that characters are often the main thing that we connect to as readers. Seeing ourselves or someone we know in the pages of a book brings it to life for us and allows us to not only see the story in a new way, but also to see ourselves or our lives in a new way. So in this way, characters are one of the most important elements of a book, While we can often connect to plot points or setting, for many readers, if they don't connect with the characters, they won't connect with the book. On a personal level as a reader, there have been many characters I've connected to over the years. This list is so long, in fact, we won't have time to go through them all here. But today in Rachel's World, I'd like to share with you one author whom I have found does an amazing job at creating beautiful characters. And that is Kate DiCamillo. From the rich character of Opal, who learns from her dog, Winn-Dixie, how to make friends, to the brave mouse, Despero, who loves music, stories, and the princess pea, De Camilla weaves stories that are peopled with rich characters that will connect widely to many readers. Her newest book, Rami Nightingale, is the latest addition to DiCamillo's brilliant characters. Rami knows she can make her father come back if only he can see her picture in the newspaper. To accomplish her goal, she is determined to become little Miss Central Florida Tire, nineteen seventy five. But before she can do that, she has to learn to twirl a baton. At her first class, Raimi meets Louisiana, an orphan with a unique sense of reality, and Beverly, the rebellious daughter of a beauty queen. Ever since her father left, Ramey knows she has lost the spark that inflates her soul. But as she gets to know her new friends, Ramey sees glimmers of hope and happiness. Moments that then lead up to the one spectacular minute when Ramey is able to save Louisiana and everything finally and truly makes sense. This is a beautifully thoughtful portrayal of a young girl's journey to a new normal after her life is split apart. This is far from a hard-hitting problem novel, yet it deals with real issues like homelessness, abandonment, and grief in beautifully simple ways. A small touch of the old-fashioned that certainly comes from the 1970s setting just adds a lovely sense of reflection and nostalgia to the story. The three girls' distinct personalities all weave seamlessly into this perfectly paced plot. Punctuated with moments of humor, Ramey's thoughtful reflections are right in line with her character, and her emotional growth is realistically developed. This and all of De Camillo's books are beautifully crafted, so if you are looking for a new book that is perfect for readers of all ages to share, then take this tip from Rachel's World and check out Kate DiCamillo. Looking for good books for kids this holiday season?
1: Our guest, award-winning author Kate Camillo, has some great suggestions. She talks to Rachel about ideal books for a preschooler, middle schooler, or a young adult. Kate Camillo is a number one New York Times best-selling author and two-time winner of the Newbery Award. Titles such as Because of Winn-Dixie and The Miraculous Journey of Edward Tulane have resonated with readers of all ages around the world. Her latest book, Ramey Nightingale, is a National Book Award finalist. Here's Rachel and Kate DiCamillo.
2: I am ecstatic to be chatting today with Kate DiCamillo. She is a two-time Newbery Medalist winner, and she's here today to give us some advice on some of the best books for the holidays. Welcome, Kate.
3: Well, hello, and thank you for talking to me, and thank you for being a reader. I am so honored. I am just giddy
2: to talk to you today. I love your work, and I hope that my listeners will check that out. But what are some other books that you think that our listeners here should check out, especially for the holidays?
3: Well, there have just been—we are, I think, in a golden age of, of books for kids. Um, there's just been— so many spectacular books this year and um i and i think a book is like the best gift ever so i'll just do real quickly some picture books that i loved that are great to read aloud uh and with your young kid and one is ideas are all around which is this beautiful beautiful book about making art and finding stories out in the world so if you've got a kid who thinks that they might want to be a writer or an artist this is a great book for them um thunderboy jr wonderful book about coming to terms with who you are and what your name means to you and also a very fun book to read out loud and funny and uh, then, do you remember A Snowy Day from when, when you were a kid? Do you remember that Oh, book?
2: yes, and it's a classic, a historical piece of children's literature. We've talked yeah, about it on it, the show.
3: I yeah. love I love that book. This is a wonderful book about the making of that book called A Palm for Peter. Beautiful illustrations, text by uh, Andrea uh, Pinckney, just wonderful. And then middle grade, so you've got kids who are reading on their own. And there's a wonderful, wonderful biography of E.B. White called Some Writer. Spectacular. Wonderful, wonderful illustrations and text by Melissa Sweet. Um, Jason Reynolds has written a really riveting book about a boy who um, learns who he is and what he can do. It's called Ghost. Miss Bixby's Last Day. This is just a beautiful book about a teacher that really matters to three different boys and how they come together uh, to make The the Teacher's Last Day really special. It it, it is a laugh-out-loud funny book, but also uh, a book that will make you cry. Um, Okay, and then young adult uh, slash adult, I just kind of put them in there together because this, this is the great thing about young adult these days is that adults dip into it, and it's also this bridge for teenagers into the adult world. So, Jacqueline Woodson, who writes for kids, has written an adult book called Another Brooklyn, which is just beautiful about growing up in Brooklyn. Salt to the Sea, a fiction book based on a true story about the greatest maritime disaster, it takes place at the end of World War II. It's like absolutely gripping. And then a book about a polio hospital in Australia. Also not, it doesn't sound super happy, one of the most beautiful books I've ever read. I just absolutely loved it. Okay, so that's that's just the tip of the iceberg. And what I say every time I talk about getting books as gifts is go and talk to your librarian if you don't know what to get for a kid or adult in your life, and or go uh, and talk to your bookseller, and they can help you. Because sometimes you know you've got a kid that might be a reluctant reader, uh, librarians and booksellers can help you there, but with putting the right book into their hand, or somebody that's got a very um, pronounced, they only want to read certain kind of books, then uh, the the librarian can help you there, too. Okay, I got to say my thing about books. That well, I up.
2: love that. That's so wonderful. And I agree. Uh, Salt to the Sea is one of my all-time favorite books this year. I think it is such a gorgeous book. And so I... I can I ask you a question? Yes.
3: Did you know about that? that I that didn't. This- I didn't and it's- yeah, it was like so unbelievable to me. It's like the numbers and I don't want to give anything away as far as like because it is a real page turner. But I just had no idea. I you know, it 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 makes the Titanic look like I mean, it just dwarfs that. Unbelievable.
2: I love that book partially because it's something that you think we should know about, right? And right. I think that Titanic kind of eclipsed that event for some reason. And the way she writes that is just one of the most powerful things I have ever read.
3: I just, and it, and, you know, I, I say this too, it's it's a love story, you know? So it's just, it's really, really if you put that into a young adult's hands, if you put that into a teenager's hands and get them to read the first couple pages, that's it.
2: Yeah, wonderful book. Well, before we stop, we're going to have to talk a little bit about your work and maybe some of the things that you would like people to maybe check out of your work. So tell us a little bit maybe about your newest work.
3: So the newest novel is uh, is Rainy Nightingale, which is... Um, the story of a girl named Ramy Clark who enters the Little Miss Central Florida Tire Contest uh, in an effort to bring her father back home. And she becomes friends with two other girls, one Beverly Topensky, who's kind of a tough character, and Louisiana Elefante, who um, kind of like floats through the world. And these three girls form a really intense friendship. So I, I you know a ho- I I think it's a book about hope and and it's a book about friendship and also e- even though it's got this serious subject matter it um I think it's funny at least people laugh when I read from it so
2: well I I found my laughter and my tears coming out when I read it because it does have that beautiful kind of bittersweet some points, but also some very humorous points, and just a beautiful book about friendship, I think, as well. It, it's one of one of my
3: favorites of this year. Oh, well, thank you so much for reading it. It makes me so happy.
2: Well, I hope all of our listeners read it, too, because I think that they will entirely enjoy it. And we were chatting as we entered the conversation um, off air that one of my favorites of yours is Bink and Gally. So maybe share a little bit about that with our listeners. <laughs>
3: So Bink and Golly, uh, or I guess you would call them easy readers, um, and it's the a, a story of a, a, a short girl, Bink, and a tall girl, Golly. And um, as I was saying to you, I, I am a short girl, and I am very much Bink. There's a wonderful illustration in the first one where Bink is trying to put on her roller skates and kind of like fighting with them, um, and that's me. I, every you know every physical act is difficult for me, and th- there's also this. We were, we were laughing about when Bank orders the Acme Stretchomatic, which is supposed to make her taller, um, and uh, that that's me too. Although I've given up, I I'm short and I'm getting shorter. I'm just going to have to give in to it.
2: You just accept it. That's that's the way life is They're sometimes. Right. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things I love about your work, Kate, is just the great characters. You do characters so well. You bring characters to life. You engage with characters in some way. And we've talked about two of your characters, Bink and Gally, and then Rami. But one of my other favorite characters of yours is Louise. So why don't you tell us, our listeners, a little bit about <laughs> Louise? Louise,
3: <laughs> the, the not-so-chicken chicken, a chicken who longs for adventure, And um, she goes, in that book, um, she goes off on three different adventures. And each adventure she comes home and settles into the hen house um, and sleeps the sleep of the true adventurer. Yeah, I love uh, working with Louise because um, she's so much braver than I am. And it was just like it was so much fun to, like, put her into the most ridiculous situations and watch her be clueless about them, you know.
2: I love that she she is a grand adventurer but has that that little sense of of Maybe it's not right, but I'm going to do do it anyway. And I think that that's a great message.
3: It's message. like insouciance. She's got a certain insouciance. Yes, exactly. okay. So can I tell you, it was so much fun to talk to you. And thank you for for believing in the power of story. It's just been great talking
2: to you. Well, thank you so much. And I believe in your power of story to tell great things to kids. And thank you for sharing some of those that you've found powerful for this season. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much, Kate. Thank you.
1: Take care. That was award-winning author Kate Camillo with Rachel Wadham, offering great suggestions for books to give kids this holiday season. Next, on World's Awaiting, Rachel welcomes illustrator-author Julie Olson. One of Olson's favorite activities is visiting with her readers when she visits local schools. She has illustrated many books, including Discover America from Sea to Shining Sea, Dear Cinderella by Marianne Moore and Mary Jane Kensington, and Little Penguin, the Emperor of Antarctica by Jonathan London. Here's Rachel and Julie Olson.
2: We're visiting with Julie today who is an illustrator and author of picture books. And I know one of the things that uh, is always interesting to me about authors and illustrators is it can be a really solitary process. You're, You're kind of away from people, but then you put this thing out into the world and people consume it and engage with it. So tell me a little bit about how do you engage with your readers and how have you
0: engaged with children
2: that have read your books?
0: Well, I actually love to do school visits. And I know some artists or artist types, (laughs) put my air quotes around that, um, don't love to get out of their studios or or engage in that way, but I really love to. I, it may come from growing up in a big family and the type of family I grew up in, <laughs> having to you know, be confident and fend for yourself a little, but I like engaging with children, and so I like to do the school visits because they are so kind and forgiving, and yes, they can be stinkers, and <laughs> and I know that, but they really are so open to so many different ideas and things at young age so and they get really excited to get out of class so they're going to an assembly and they don't have to sit in class and they get to look at a bunch of pictures on a screen and I try to engage them and and involve them in the school visit I actually usually will do a drawing with the students and I'll Get volunteers to come up, and they get to choose what it's what it's wearing, whether it's a boy or a girl. Uh, usually, we're taking it on a trip somewhere, so what to bring with it on the trip. So at the end, they have this character that they've all helped create, and I leave that with the school, and then I challenge the teachers if they want to take it a step farther to have the kids write a story for that character, and and bring that to life and help bring the idea home to them that they can do something that they want to do whether or not it's sports or art I really try to encourage just the pursuit of your dream because there's so many people who tell you oh you're never going to make it as an artist you need a real job but I want to show them that if they really work hard and don't give up that they can they can do that so I love doing school visits I also do story times at libraries or I'll go do signings at bookstores. Bookstore signings are probably my least favorite way because I feel like I'm some salesman sitting at a table trying to peddle my wares and it it just feels weird and people are afraid to come up because they think if I look at the book and don't buy it then they're going to that's embarrassing and so it's embarrassing for both of us I think the consumer and myself. But if I do the story time first it's it's nice and I don't feel like They feel like they have to buy my book. And I'm fine if people don't buy the book when they're standing in front of me. I just want them to really learn how to love them, love books, and love reading. Um, And then I will also – I'll get emails from readers now and then, and I'll get comments on my Instagram account, which is at Julie Olson Books. And I will just – I always will reply or – and. And most of the interaction is very positive, and and I enjoy it.
2: That's really great. I think that is one of the things I love about authors of children's books and children's illustrators is that – You know, such an open community that is trying to bring children in and really doing that very basic thing, like you're saying, of of helping kids love books. And the cool thing is, in this day and age, the Internet has kind of opened some new pathways. I know one of your latest books, there's a cool interactive element that goes with it. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah. The book is called Discover America from Sea to Shining Sea, kind of a long title. But the website is discoveramericabook.com. And the book itself is... Following a little red balloon from sea to shining sea, from the west coast to the east coast. And it uses the words of the first verse of America the Beautiful as it goes through, as it goes across the country. And so the website has uh, a map on the home page that you can click and click any of the states and get a coloring page for each state that has the state flower, the state bird, the state capital. And yes, I drew all 50 of those. <laughs> and i actually did design the website but i'm not a programmer so luckily the publisher was willing to hire a programmer to program it for me and then i also on the website you also can send off a virtual red balloon of your own via email so you just fill out the form with the, the kids go on with their parents fill out the form and send off this balloon to their cousin wherever in Then that cousin sends it on to the grandma, and the grandma sends it on to her friend, and it goes all over. And the person who sent the balloon can go back online with their code that they're given and look on a map and see where their balloon has virtually gone all over the United States or the world if it goes that far.
2: That's a really cool interactive element. So when you're thinking about a book like this, did you think about this interactive piece, or did that just come – as an extra that you thought, oh, that would be really cool?
0: It kind of came as an extra. When I came up with the book idea, I really wanted to just share my love of this country with everyone. It was at a time when I felt like there was a lot of political turmoil. And there kind of always is. But anyway, (laughs) I was feeling it particularly, feeling like people had lost the real sense of America and their pride in America itself and getting really individualistic instead of, saying like, I am proud to be an American. I am an American. And I also wanted to share with those kids an opportunity to kind of travel, like doing their virtual travel. A lot of people aren't able to even get out of their hometown. And I have been blessed to be able to visit 38 of the 50 states so far. I'd love to visit all of them. But I love traveling and seeing all these places. So I wanted to share that love and that um, inspiration with everyone, especially little kids. And as I came up with the book, I thought, well, I can only, I only have 32 pages and not really even that. The balloon's only going X number of places. It's can't go through all 50 states. So how can I share more of that? And I would have loved to paint a Seen to go on the website for each of the fifty states, but I couldn't do that. (laughs) Don't have time. But the the coloring pages for each state hopefully can help them feel a little bit more involved in the country. And there's lots of there's lesson plans for teachers on there. There's um, other other things for quizzes and all sorts of things for teachers and kids alike to enjoy on that website.
2: That's really great. I love how that just helps the kids and their parents and other adults in their lives engage with the book on a really personal level. And I'm sure that you've encountered that before when there's just this really personal connection between a child and the books. Can you share an experience maybe of one of those instances where you you encountered a child that just had a really personal experience with one of your books?
0: Um, I have had many people respond to the Tickle Tickle Itch Twitch book. And it's not a book that's going to make you cry and be all, like, sentimental. It's just a fun read-aloud book. And I've had people send me little videos or um, tell me that their children quote the book and send me videos of their kids either quoting it or reading it together and tickling each other and having that just bond that is created by a book. That is, and the pure joy that it can bring, that's what is most fulfilling about creating picture books. Yeah, I think
2: that it's wonderful because that connection that we have with books is so much more than what is on the page and what is in the text. But when you write a book, are you considering that? Or when you're illustrating a book, are you considering what people will think about it? Or do you just you do it
0: for you and then hope that people will accept what you've given? Well, initially, I, I, when I come up with an idea, it's what I want to do. But to sell a picture book, (laughs) two different worlds. (laughs) Yes. But the initial idea definitely comes for me. And when I'm writing and illustrating a book, I have to get it to the point where it's written and written well. And the pictures have to all be sketched out. So when you're writing and illustrating a book, it's a whole lot more work to get one accepted than when you're just illustrating it and accepting a job right off or even just writing a book.
2: Which is an interesting kind of, kind of dichotomy yeah. to me.
0: <laughs> I know, because I have one that I wrote that I don't think I can illustrate. That's not really my style of illustrating, but I've had writer friends tell me, oh, it's so cute, it's so great. But I, it probably will never see... A bookshelf for a bookstore because I, I don't know that we'll see. Maybe one day I'll I'll learn to illustrate bugs, but I'm not really a bug <laughs> illustrator. It has bugs as the characters. That,
2: that's really interesting. So how how did you decide what kind of things you do illustrate? I mean, if you don't illustrate bugs but you illustrate <laughs> penguins,
0: what's the difference there? <laughs> well, I don't really like to look at real bugs. I don't mind cartoon bugs, and I don't mind bugs that are illustrated, especially like my friend Will Terry illustrates wonderful bugs. And I love looking at his bugs. But I don't love looking at all the real pictures of bugs, which I would have to do to find out the anatomy of every bug and to be able to draw them and stylize them well. So if I don't want to... um, look at the real research for a book, then I probably won't want to illustrate it. But in general, most, most picture books are, like, I, I'm not very good at drawing dinosaurs either, and I don't really love dinosaurs, but they sell, dinosaur books sell really well. Um, but I don't think I would love the research for it.
2: That makes a lot of sense. I, and I think that's interesting that I don't think people realize, is that really the illustrations set a tone and a style for the story that if they were different, they would set an entirely different tone and style. Thank you so much for visiting with us today, Julie. Thanks for having me.
1: That was illustrator author Julie Olson talking to Rachel about how she enjoys interacting with her readers. We finish up the show today with a mother of five who talks to Taylor Miranda of the World's Awaiting Team about a daily custom at her house, reading together as a family, especially at bedtime. She also shares the benefits she has seen.
0: What do you like to read
3: together as a family? I guess I'll have to go back to Harry Potter. We read the whole Harry Potter series. At night, their bedrooms are next to each other. I have a son and two daughters. I sit in the hallway and just read it out loud. And so I think Harry Potter was one of our funnest. It took us a year to get through Lord of the Rings and Hobbit. Oh my goodness. But we finally got to that one of his
0: and my brother's room has like lots of shelves and they're like stacked
3: with books. That's really stinky cool. Stinky face. Is that your favorite? Yeah. Can you tell me what the, what's Stinky Face about? Uh, all those
0: Stinky Face animals. <laughs> and those are all the animals. Except that one. He's a human. One of my favorites is Seven Silly Eaters. I've had kind of picky eaters and it's about these seven children that that all are picky eaters with different preferences and another one that I like. I like a lot of the Eric Carl ones with my young kids. And then we've read some of the Little House series actually with, with my older daughter and with William who really liked Farmer Boy. Well, I like audiobooks because they're sort of
3: like,
0: unpredictable. Earthquake is funny because someone's like, because there's like this doggy who says, I tell you, it's a quake! That's
3: why it's called, Earthquake. What is special about reading in your family? You know, I have five children right now, almost 6 expecting in a couple months, Congratulations! And thank you, and we just have a comfy chair, and we just all pile on top of the arms and squish on my lap, and just read a good book together, and it's so fun. If they go to bed on time, then we sit and read for quite a while. If it's hard to get them into bed, then it kind of takes up all their reading time, so it really motivates them, and so... They know that if they get in bed on time, then they actually get to stay up way late later. <laughs> but they're already in their beds listening. And it's a reward for everyone because we all enjoy it. And then when I'm finished, they're already calm and laying in bed. So
2: um, I love that we get to experience something together, that we get to
0: learn about new things together as we read. And, and I like the stillness and closeness that it provides. But I also like that it kind of opens new worlds, too. Can you read that? Well, I don't know. It's kind of a silly part.
3: Can you please read it? Okay. Let's see.
1: A first-hand account of some of the advantages of reading together as a family. Thanks for listening to Worlds Awaiting. Tune in Saturdays at 1.30 p.m. and weekdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 143, on the TuneIn app, and at byuradio.org.